What is up, everybody? And today, what is what is up, everybody? Today, I'm joined by very special guest, super talented, super funny, Bobby D'Angelo, aka Total Frat Move Bird Law. What up? How Glad well versed here, are you? In, how well versed are you in Bird Law? Uh, I'm pretty much an expert. I actually get asked that all the time. Uh, <laughs> the main question being like, if someone asks, like. Where's that from? And then I say, always sunny. And then if someone says, like, they've never seen it, they're just oh. dead immediately. Who's never seen Always Sunny? Dude, you'd be surprised. But, like, people who have never seen Always Sunny are the same people that think, like, Jamie Fallon is fucking funny. And, like, <laughs> they just, like, jerk off. Can I curse on here, by the way? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, they just, like, jerk off to, like, the James Corden late night show. And they think, like, it's hilarious when, like, I don't know, celebrities do little dances and it goes viral. Those people suck. They can suck my cock. Terrible, terrible. And uh, I'm going to uh, get us going here with a little... Oh, love that sound. <laughs> um, always sunny. I'd say probably, what, top five funniest shows ever? I think it is. Um, I just think the funniest part about Always Sunny is, like, obviously... Sorry about that. I got a dog. Um, but, like, obviously... A lot of shit changed in 2015 with our culture, especially in comedy. And like, I really respect the fact that they never backed down because like they do a great job on cultural commentary, really on, on like criticizing both sides and stuff like that. But like what a lot of people don't get people on Twitter specifically is that like when they do these like offensive jokes, they're trying to portray that like, the they're being assholes you know what i mean and um i just respect that they kept doing it and in that my in you know after that it kind of makes like them and south park my two like best of all time just comedy shows south park is my number one too um but why do you pinpoint it to 2015 that's so interesting um i've been working in this shit like seriously for like uh you know a year and a half now and i've done a good amount of research and you just see where certain people start to change um like clay travis is an example are you familiar with him no i'm not like uh, he took rush limbaugh's spot on fox radio he owns a sports company called outkick the coverage and um like before 2015 uh he was liberal like he used to write for deadspin but in my I, and I, I don't know this whether or not this is confirmed or he just had this sort of conservative uh, awakening, but he uh, became like hard right. And but a lot of people did that where they were like down the middle and then went hard left. So like I, you can kind of pinpoint the year for when Trump was running and like a lot more people started becoming active on Twitter and the blue track mark brigade started going ape shit as the year that um you know people had to pick a side which i think is bullshit i i i like uh staying like apolitical and shitting on everybody um but i obviously in college it's easier to shit on liberal people because i find liberal people in college to be a little bit more ridiculous uh 
you know, and then I don't know that I'll leave it at that. Well, even the conservatives at college can sometimes be ridiculous. But I I think that's like, you don't really see a lot of them. You know what I mean? I I think the uh, conservatives that I shit on are like, I don't know, like I shit on my mom, Um, her, like, she just doesn't make sense. You know what I mean? She says she's libertarian and then she goes to like Trump boat parades and it's very, you know, there's, there's, you can tease both sides. Yeah, absolutely. And um, I think one of the funniest things is when you're able to do it well, making fun of both sides. And I think the perfect example of that would be uh, the first episode from season 10 of Curb Your Enthusiasm, where Larry gets the uh, MAGA hat. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, that, Dude, that is was a great season. Yeah, I think it was the uh, the Spite Store. And I haven't finished it, but I'm like, you know, six, seven episodes in. But the, you know, as much as a uh, conservative as I am, I'm you know, not a like uh, just some jackass that's like, oh, he's making fun of me. Like, yeah. no, that's not the point. You know, he's it's satire where Larry finds something that other people can't stand and abuses <laughs> it to the point where <laughs> he gets out of all these situations. It's hysterical. Yeah. Um, so, Bobby, you were telling me you've been doing this shit seriously for one and a half years. So how did you get your foot in the door? I know obviously a lot of kids our age want to be in content and doing this kind of stuff. How did you how did you make that happen? Um, my story is kind of like, so I, um, throughout high school, I like around freshman year, my friend told me about Barstool, uh, at my high school, we all had like laptops. So I would read the blogs because you know, what the else, what else was going to do? Fucking learn about geometry and shit like that. Fuck that. Um, so what year was this that you were just like freshman year? 2015. I think it was like the beginning of my sophomore year. And um, I, I, I really loved KFC and his blog. Started listening to his podcast. Obviously, uh, Big Cat left that podcast to go to part of my take. And um, KFC and Big Cat always said that if you want to, um, you know, if you wanted to get into content, you got to start off with writing. So I started my own Medium page. Medium is a free website where anybody can blog. Um, when I was at a particular low point in life and I was like, can't get any worse. So if people shit on me for doing something I want to do, you might, you might as well do it. Um, and like, I was very surprised with the reaction on my campus because I went to TCU at the time and um, I was in a fraternity there. And I, I was just making fun of like the different sororities and I wrote blogs making fun of the different bars, but you know, it kind of like built up like a lot of people that I had never recognized on campus. I'd just be walking around. They'd be like, Holy shit, are you the kid? I'm a huge fan. And I was like, damn, I think I have something here. Um, so then I started my own website where um, I had like three or four of my friends that were pretty interested in making content Um each write a blog like once a week I would write one probably two or three times a week and then you know uh the world kind of stopped in March of 2020 and uh I had nothing to do except booze with my because I uh I got really lucky I went on uh spring break with some friends from Jersey I came back and my dad's been smoking for like 20 years so he didn't want me in the house after being in Fort Lauderdale it just threw me the keys to my mom's beach house and uh i just got to hang out there with two of my friends and 
all we would do is, you know, cheating class, get drunk and make content. And uh, throughout there, I was able to get some pretty big trolls um, to drive people to the website. I, I got uh, Alex Cooper from Call Her Daddy. I trolled um, Barstool U, formerly fifth year. And I got like two or three other ones. And uh, from there, like I accumulated like 400,000 unique page views in like a two week period. I started reading out, reaching out to companies and the guy from uh, Total Frat Move was the first guy to hit me back. So. Oh, that's outstanding. So trolling how? Just uh, shit posting, replying on Twitter? Um, no, like I, I, I'm pretty good at it. So I don't like to be mean. I like to come up with things that are going to drive a reaction from not a specific person and not target any person or group, but just sort of like uh, that'll make waves through the internet. So my favorite one I've ever done was the Alex Cooper one. Um, I, I uh, created this Facebook of this 50 year old or probably like late 50 year old man. I, I just found him off like Getty images or whatever. And uh, made up this story about how like he walked in on his daughter who he was sending to SMU uh, using various vegetables and like masturbating after learning it from Call Her Daddy <laughs> and kicked her out of the house. And this was two weeks into coronavirus. So like the Facebook groups that I had posted in begin to explode to the point where like my friends from TCU that lived in other states were calling me being like, dude, you're such a fucking asshole. Like my sister saw that and she was like freaking out. Like how could this dad be such a dick, but the dad doesn't exist. Like it's just me behind a keyboard. There's no daughter, nobody's getting harmed. Uh, but like it came across her and she put it on her story being like, this is so fucked up. I don't even remember what she said. And then like the call her daddy count posted it. Um, and then, you know, from there I was just able to like comment and like take credit for it or go back to those Facebook groups uh, having changed the profile picture and be like, Hey guys, just want you to know, this was a joke, like nothing bad happened. Here's a link to my website and you could see. And then um, a lot of people actually thought it was like guerrilla marketing for Barstool sports, which it wasn't. It was just me trying to get page views. Um, but I don't know. It, it drove, it drove a lot of traffic that day. That's absurd and oh i hear some nice irish crickets in the background what are you drinking bro i like that irish crickets uh pbr there was i don't usually but there was a, a sale on it i'm a miller light guy like yourself but it was classy like, yeah i i just moved to a new apartment i'm in like a pretty like fucking gentrified area of jersey city so like everything is mad fucking expensive and this was 18 it was 18 for an 18 pack which is already ridiculous but like miller light was 25 for an 18 pack and i was like holy shit no fucking way <laughs> do you miss the uh the southern beer prices every day every day i know they're pretty nice down here and you can buy them at any gas station on any corner Dude, that's so nice you don't like there's no inconvenience you can just go in i had to drive like half an hour in high school to find a you know a fucking liquor store where it some guy who you know some i i his name was um nanjeet and like him and i had we built like a relationship over the course of the years to the point where like he would ask me how my kid was 
because I was so nervous the first couple of times I went in there, I bought diapers because I was like, oh, the kid, you know how it is. Like they just like, <laughs> you know how they have random shit on the side. Like they have like Pepto-Bismol and shit like that. I was like, I need something that proves that I'm older than I am. So I just like would buy diapers. And then every single time after that, he was like, how's the wife and kids? And like, I would just like continue to build this story up. So like I would walk in one day if I really felt like it and be like, yeah, man, like I just got laid off. So it's not going well right now. And he's like, best of luck, Robert. And I'd be like, thanks, man. <laughs> <laughs> Me and the wife got into a fight. Uh, she has a black eye. She has a black eye. It's not yeah. looking great. <laughs> yeah, she's oh, gone. Oh, my God. <laughs> Dude, that's unbelievable. Uh, yeah. I can't believe you were trolling like the, all these Facebook groups. That's so funny to me that um they all yeah. believe that wild ass story. I mean, dude, the big one was fucking last this past uh, May. The world for some reason got them to convince that convinced that Dixie Milio keeps baked beans in her pocket whenever she gets nervous, and like Hollywire and all these like news outlets picked it up. You know, there's like bullshit tabloids when you click snapchat yeah and yeah like half of them that day but she's cool chick she thought it was funny as fuck and she actually put my blog about that on her instagram story and i was like i got respect that like and she like um on uh, the bffs podcast you know that is yeah of course yeah like she said she thought it was funny so i'm i can get down with dixie d'amelia dixie d'amelia is pretty furta Dixie Emilio is for it. one of my uh, yeah. my pledge brothers actually dated her back in the in day. High school? Yeah. They went to King? They went to uh whatever. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. yeah, something like that. I don't know, but uh they did yeah. <laughs> there's like old pictures from like 2017 of like this guy dated Dixie motherfucking Emilio. Yeah. And dude. you don't know you you want to go to formal with him? Just look at that. <laughs> dude, uh it's funny that you said that case um someone that like was a friend of my ex-girlfriend she like played on the same field hockey team as her and like immediately while it was happening was like oh yeah like she thinks it's funny you're good so i was like word because i didn't want like 14 girls and dms like roasting me about being 5'8 and shit like that like 14 year old girls can't mean you know what i mean like wicked uh, mean middle school mean oh yeah like ask fm mean like Bad. Dude, Ask FM was fucking ruthless. I still oh, remember man. this one redheaded girl. Somebody was like, do the blinds match the drapes? And she said, excuse me. All caps. It was like unbelievable peak oh. bullying in middle school. Yeah. Um, are we all connected to Dixie D'Amelio in some way? Is there just an ever-expanding I so, web? <laughs> I think so. She's like the Clintons. She's fucking everywhere. Oh, my God. Um yeah how so what was the biggest transition from tcu uh back to Rutgers? correct yeah uh, i'm like a part-time student at Rutgers, but it's a full-time job so i just take like a few um classes online or whatever uh but i visit every weekend so now i'm in jersey city last year i was at Rutgers. i go there visit friends or whatever but uh you know northern and southern schools totally different totally fucking different i think um the south is great when you're an underclassman because you just need a piece of paper mache to get into a bar 
and um you know the girls are obviously really hot and tailgates are fun um i did miss the northeast though i'm a bit of a northeast supremacist uh i like how everyone is kind of like an asshole uh and they're jaded but on the inside they're good people um you, you know, walk I, I fast, think, you talk fast, you, uh, everybody yeah. like wants each other. If you're talking to someone for more than five seconds, there's no stopping chats. You're just all moving. It's the best. Yeah. I, I'd say exactly. I'm a supremacist as well. Yeah. Well, you can't say it. you got to <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. All right. Northeast, Northeast supremacist. <laughs> yeah. What, what um, if I'm a supremacist and then asterisk and then at the bottom of the blog, it's a Northeast supremacist. <laughs> but you're, you're learning the troll thing, dude. You're getting it down. Yeah. Uh, um, <laughs> But, uh, yeah, like I, I'm still friends with my friends from there. Uh, I'm actually going there, I think a couple of weeks, but, uh, definitely miss it, man. Like, cause the other thing is like, people like don't get there that fucking with you is like meant to be like, Oh yeah. Like I like you, you know what I mean? Like you're my boy. And like, I don't know. It was just like the communication was just like odd. Like if you take like mm. communications classes in college, they should add something from like interacting with Southern people if you're from the North, because it's a totally different ballgame. There needs to be like a translator there when you're like, oh, what's up, you fucking pussy? That means like, oh, what's up, man? Like, what's up, friend? You know what I mean? What's up, bud? Yeah, um, exactly. My mom, my mom went to TCU. So oh, yeah, was she in DG? Yeah. I probably fucked her. Uh, <laughs> she was uh i think what was she tried dealt i think oh, okay yeah that's yeah. a good one all right uh, are they are they valid are they valid yeah they're valid i have a tried out friend coming to visit this weekend oh are they valid just friend now just friend, now. Just friend. oh okay but valid friend <laughs> college friend yeah hey you know i want to just circle back real quick irish crickets that's from uh kevin dylan he always oh, okay. says that. I like, yeah. dude, I like I that. Know. I'm gonna use that from now on. That's gonna be Definitely. in a vlog in the future. How like, hilarious is that? Down. Yeah. Yeah. I love just that. make sure you make sure you tag uh <laughs> six pack with Jack, even though we have no socials, but just like dude, yeah, I'll be make, a troll. You gotta make socials. You gotta make socials. You gotta get on um fucking I don't even know the best place. You know what? I didn't even make uh socials for our podcast that's probably why it flopped so who might have talked here uh probably tiktok right uh tiktok like their algorithm is so much better for yeah, views and so stuff random but at the same time no one like actually because the thing about tiktok is like the attention spans are so short that no one's gonna go from tiktok to the podcast like uh the my biggest regret is starting a podcast so early before I had like started actually trying to put an effort on TikTok, like I feel like you should make a podcast after being in this for years and not like six months. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. um, because you just got to build a fucking, you got to build, you know what I mean? It's okay to like the audience, the audience you're building, but like, you know what I mean? Like um, you should build and do the same thing because I feel like, like, random podcasts getting viral are pretty rare unless you're boys with rogan like unless you guys go out in austin and shoot elk and whatever well it's funny you say that <laughs> um no but uh i <laughs> bro the thing that drives me batshit about rogan so he has on uh 
Jocko Willick, who half the time I think is full of shit, but he's a Navy SEAL. And not only was he a Navy SEAL, but he trained other Navy SEALs. So you have essentially an elite human being on your podcast who not only trains the best warriors on the planet, but was one of them. And Rogan spends like an hour and 45 minutes of a three-hour podcast talking about uh, jujitsu and like hunting elk. Yeah. I I pick and choose. The the good thing about Rogan is you pick and choose your episodes. So like if he – I literally only listen when I'm interested in the guy because he's a great interviewer in my opinion when he doesn't know them. Like if they're reoccurring, it's a little bit different. Um, But like – when he first meets someone, I think he, you know, it's good. Yeah. Uh, did you listen? Yeah. You listen to the one with the, uh, the chick from North Korea. I did. She's hot. She's really <laughs> hot, dude. Like I was, wow. Like I actually like watched that one in video. Um, but yeah. That's that one's a little bit controversial though, because what I from what I've heard, she's like a Kardashian of South Korea. Um, yeah, like she's she's on like all these game shows and like she's on really like, yeah, that's what some people say, but at the same time, I feel like you can't make that shit up. Like three hours of bullshitting about like people eating rats and then watching the rats eat the people that ate the rats and all that stuff. Yeah. Like, and God, like fucking crazy. scavenging around for grass and stuff. And oh like, my God, dude, Tim Dillon had said Tim Dillon is you. Do you listen to Tim Dillon? No. First of all, anyone that listens to this should absolutely listen to Tim Dillon. Cause he's in my opinion, the funniest person on earth. But uh, yeah, he did like, an intro to his podcast where he just did like a five minute impression of her and uh i won't repeat it because tim Dillon gets away with a lot of things because he's gay that i can't get away with but he started off like talking exactly like her and it was very funny all right i'll definitely check it out um what happened with your podcast did you like doing a podcast by the way i did i didn't like it when it got like corporate though know what i mean at the beginning of it 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 sounds cool but like with a whole crew of um like producers and shit like i joke around and say that it got um cut but truthfully like it was gonna be a month hiatus and then my boss talked to us and was like do you guys think we should give this back and like i talked to them and we all agreed like probably not like it doesn't make sense uh, right now to interview like you know someone like Kevin Dillon when like there's not that many people listening yet because I, I found that the best way to grow um, is either like through TikTok or doing blogs and then if you're like one of the few really lucky ones you can get away with it on Twitter um, but yeah I, I, I miss it a little bit I just miss bullshitting like when we did it over Zoom it was really fun um, but you get a little nervous talking about like, you know, fingering girls in their period when there's like a production team of women and, you know, some guy. <laughs> yeah, yikes. It gets a little bit different. Yeah, I would never want to do that in front of all those people. This is, I feel like that would be way too sketchy. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely good um, if like, I don't know, I'm thinking about uh, pursuing stand up a little bit. 
it's been in the back of my mind just because I'm here. I'm so close to New York City right now. And uh, a lot of my friends are getting into it. So that was definitely a good experience for that. Just being uncomfortable talking about like, you know, deep throating, girls deep throating and shit like that in front of like white women that were obviously like offended by my language. Uh, you know, just like learning to piss people off to their face, I guess. Uh, what are you thinking about doing for stand up? Because I've always stand up's always been fascinating to me. I have like four or five jokes on my phone that I'd love to mold and do like a 10 minute set. Um, but what are you thinking about for stand up? Dude, I think um, kind of going back to what I said earlier, if you want to do content, like start off writing blocks, because here's an instance that and this is my what I say to everybody, I've literally, my friends would shoot me in the fucking face. They heard me say this one more time. I, when I was on medium and I was getting like 40 to 50 people reading these blogs, nobody gave a shit about it. Um, I wrote one blog and then I took it to my website. I had like, at that point, like 400, 500 people reading it. I kind of reworked it a little bit, retweaked it. That blog now has 117,000 uh, views on tfm so you know i retweeted a little bit more and then i took it to tiktok and now that tiktok has like four hundred thousand views you know what i'm saying so like now i'll be able to take the concepts of that blog you know there's like 20 punchlines in there take it to stand up that sounds like a foolproof system to me but exactly. where do you uh, where do you get so what got you into writing in the first place? Because I definitely agree with you. Um, I was listening to uh, the Kevin Clancy show, and I think you know obviously KFC Radio is super funny. I love Feidelberg and I love KFC, but KFC Radio is more intimate one on one. He was interviewing PFT Commenter, and PFT Commenter was saying he quit his like nine to five and just was doing blogs, and that's how a lot of those guys started. They were just doing blogs. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. So how did you, how did you know you were interested in writing? Dude, literally like fucking uh, KFC for the most part. And then there was an, a guy that used to work at TFM back in the day who since moved on, his name was Rob Fox. He was a great writer too. And I just used to read those kids in high school. I would look forward like every single day um, to reading the shit that they wrote. Cause they were fucking hilarious. It also really pisses me off about, um, and you can understand this because you're from Massachusetts. Like the one thing that like pisses me off about uh, Barstool fans is like, there's so many new ones that like people come in, they're like, oh, you know, like KFC fucking sucks. But like people, you know, forget that he was the funniest blogger on that site for like five, six years without him, you know, there's a possibility the lights wouldn't have stayed on there. So, uh, yeah, he was definitely a big part of it. He, I would, he, like, I'd be just like, reading that shit in class and like laughing and like my teacher would be like, make me shut my computer down because he was fucking hysterical. Him, Portnoy, and then obviously, uh, KFC and Hank and, uh, oh, sorry. I meant by him, I meant KFC, but then I meant, um, big cat and then Hank producing. I think that's really what. That, that was the founding fathers right there. Yeah, man. There was like fucking six of them or something like that. It's crazy. So uh, TFM, I remember being in middle school, like 2014, 15, and I was watching. I'd see I go on Instagram 
and I'd see like total frat move, just a big ass like darty, and you know, girls had their tits out, a lot of ass, yeah. and then guys like backflip into the pool. And I was watching Blue Mountain State, and I was like, college is gonna be so fucking yeah, sick. Blue Mountain State yeah. too, same same time period. Exactly. Um. So where, you know, what is the backstory for Total Frat Move, and where is it going? I guess would be my next question. Um. So, I would say the backstory was, I mean, the guys that started were twenty four, and I think twenty three, and they were just out of college. A lot of the writers there were all in the same fraternity um sorry uh, yeah um, i got you do you know which fraternity yeah. and which school uh texas state and i think wow it was ka um yeah it was ka and um like the guy that wrote the book ross bullen who started his own successful media company using ka um but i think a lot of it was what we in the fucking business because i'm going to sound like an asshole for a second it's called ugc content which is user generated content yeah user generated that's what that's where it all goes baby that's where it's all from exactly so like um i feel like there's a lot to be learned about where shit went wrong with tfm in the fact that so much was dependent on random people submitting shit same thing happened in um MTV's ridiculousness and not enough like original content. And um, it's definitely something that a lot of people on the internet have learned about. And then obviously we've got the Instagram taken down because most of the shit that TFM posted in like 2012 would have gotten, would be like fucked now. You know what I'm saying? Um, So now the strategy is just more creative, original content, um, you know, I think we've got a pretty solid fucking team. Everyone's, you know, I, I, I get along pretty well with everybody. Uh, we, you know, the girls on our, on the TSM side had a podcast that beat Oprah and Ellen their first week opening. Wow. wow. Yeah. And got like, you know, some a gigantic number of downloads uh, last month. So, you know, I, I feel like it's a good lesson to be learned that you can't just depend on random people sending shit in and you actually have to do, you know, your own stuff, I guess. Right. So they were saying they depended way too much on the user generated content. And then some of that was kind of a uh, risque, if you will. And then gets, you know, it ends up biting them in the ass later. Yeah. I mean, there were like talented bloggers there and stuff. Um, Absolutely. I have spent many times where my buddy had a comp like a I was writing blogs uh, for this company, uh, Slim Thick Sports that my buddy started. <laughs> he lived in the t- yeah, he lived in the town yeah. over and he was just I was running blogs, reviewing strip clubs in Tampa and stuff like that. Just silly. <laughs> silly yeah, s- silly bullshit like that. And because um, I've always loved writing, um, but I think. Yeah, that sucks that it that it's just one of those things, you know. Um, so when you that's where it went wrong. But when how do you stay creative when you're working? You know, you're doing some classes online, but you know, I would feel like I would get in such a rut. How do you stay creative, bro? Um, something is is actually like fucking hard, but like having a dog definitely helps. Um, I can't imagine how people did this 
throughout quarantine like or anything sort of comedic um that actually like played to the rules you know what I mean like didn't interact with other humans like what the fuck but like I walk my dog I just see some shit you know observe pick on some stuff or like I'll uh visit a friend at Rockers and you know exchange tongues with the 19 year old and some basement with the climate of Tampa. Um, <laughs> you know what I mean, that's that's something I could take away. Like that exact line was in my blog today. Um, and you know, just you just gotta look for it. You can't like just be some kid on the internet. You just gotta go out and look for inspiration. Whether it's like the uh, guy that farts at the gym really loud, or you know, the Karen at the grocery store. There's always something. Absolutely. And I completely because I think writing comedy is definitely one of the hardest things to do. Yeah. And obviously, that's why they pay you the big the big total frat bucks. Um, Not really. <laughs> <But> <laughs> <sure>. <laughs> uh, all right. So but what's next for Bobby and total frat move? Where are you guys headed? Um. Yeah, man, I think uh, trying to build up that, that Instagram again, my uh, job right now is building the TikTok. We just got a new kid on the Twitter. Uh, the girl side of things is going great. Um, the one thing that does suck right now is um, without that Instagram, our merch has taken a big hit, man. Like we were fucking killing it in like June and July. Um, but, you know, it'll grow back hopefully. So just being doing more creative shit because. I would go months without writing last year because I would be on so many business meetings talking about merch strategy and marketing strategies and shit like that. But now I don't have to do that anymore. So, you know, just content. Yeah. And what kind of content do you prefer, really? What's your favorite to do? Creative writing, for sure. Like uh, borrowing real life experiences, mixing in you know, 30% fabricated experiences or things that have happened to my friends, bringing that in the mix and, you know, making a story about it. That's just fucking ridiculous. Uh, what's your favorite blog? So, or what, uh, what, how much fantasy do you like to mix in with reality? Really? Well, it's kind of tough to say because a lot of it is reality, but it's reality from different times. So it's, non-consecutive you know what i'm saying right i got you yeah so like how uh all right so i i wrote one last year about cuddling and like why cuddling sucks was the title of it and like i just borrowed experiences cuddling with a bunch of different people and i didn't really expect Cause when I first started, the blogs weren't like taken off or anything. Um, and I didn't expect it to get numbers, but by the time, uh, my girlfriend at the time had woken up while that was already published, it was actually doing very well. Um, I think at the time it was like my most read blog and like, but I was borrowing experiences about cuddling with my ex-girlfriend where I'd be like taking a piss and she'd be begging me to come back to bed and like sleep in with her. And I was like, no, bitch, I have work. And like, uh, she was like, I, my girlfriend at the time was like, I never fucking do that. And I was like, I know, like, I just, I don't know. And she, 
you know, just kind of became a fight. She was like, people are going to assume it was me. And I was like, who gives a fuck what people think? I don't know. But that's an example, you know what I mean? Just like layering different experiences and making it one story. <laughs> that's hysterical. Um, how do that? That's a great like your last point about giving a fuck about what people think. Obviously, you're on camera a lot. How do you how do you avoid that? Because there's so many fucking nasty people on the internet. Like the 14 year old girls you were talking about. Yeah. I know I I worked <laughs> at some I worked at a summer camp for uh you know three four years and uh the girls were nasty you know they're like yeah, why yeah. are you so tall but you're so skinny like, <laughs> uh, yeah uh, like i don't know <laughs> yeah um i don't know I, how, uh, come count- how come counselor tommy looks so much better than you <laughs> um dude yeah i i don't know it's kind of a tough thing where like people always say like I don't read that shit. And that's just such a lie. Like everyone reads it. The best advice I can give is just like not to read every comment. Cause on the old account, I would make like a skit and it would get like a thousand comments. And the, the only thing I pay attention to now is what letting it sit for a while and then seeing what the top comments say, because if the top comments say this sucks, then it was shit. And I can learn from that. Like that idea is down the toilet, but you know, if it's kind of like, there's some really nasty ones at the bottom, but the overwhelming amount of people thought it was funny or something like that. then I just leave. Like if I, if you look through a thousand comments, it's going to be like at least 80 people telling me to kill myself and saying I have the acne of a JV football player. Like, you know, I don't want to read this shit um <laughs> that's i feel like that'd be just so hard uh, it would be so yeah. detrimental to your mental health um how was your fraternity experience i've been meaning to ask this for a while yeah it was great um it was unfortunately you know cut short because covid happened in february at that point uh we had we didn't extra long pledge process because we had gotten in trouble for pledging from nationals for some bullshit and like fucking nationals man we made it longer so i don't really understand the logic there um but yeah i think active and actually physically at college i was probably only inactive for like eight months but i lived in the house i i loved it and also hated it you know what i mean i feel like that's the what I could say about you know my fraternity experience in general like best experience I would never want to have again uh I would never want to live in a house with 35 guys again because the thing is like if you have a a midterm and you're known as the guy that's just willing to go and like get blacked out with people and it's like a Tuesday and like there's one guy who's down bad and just got dumped by his girlfriend you're the door that's getting that like knocked on at 1am. You're like, dude, fuck off. And he's like, dude, like I just took a Zan. Let's just fucking go out. There's freshman girls. And it's just like, uh, <laughs> I you know what I mean? Like I like having like a little studio apartment. So like I could have that amount of privacy, but I mean, definitely fucking phenomenal stories, uh, memories you'll never forget and lifelong friends. 
Oh, sure. absolutely. I love Are you in one? all my friends. Yeah, I'm in a, the unnamed fraternity. Uh, that okay. I we yeah, unnamed and uh, unrecognized by the uh, University of Tampa. Um, so and we actually did have a meeting with Nationals last night. A nice little Zoom meeting. So, oh wow! Yeah. So um, just it, some it sounds like it didn't yeah. go well. <laughs> no, it was good. Their Nationals okay. is surprisingly chill, but um, it's just the schools like the uh, it's like the goddamn government, like all these liberals yeah. at the school. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah. I mean, I've heard rough pledging stories from the University of Tampa, but it was years back. Yeah, uh, it's. I mean. It is what it is. I actually, I wish I had been a uh, just more lax as a pledge. I wish I was on like a Xanax or something the whole time because I should have realized I was just having fun with my friends instead of really I like thinking I was in a uh, boot camp or uh, you know a uh, hell week of football. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, like that yeah. Uh, John Krasinski movie. I forget what it is where he like doesn't sleep for like days yeah yeah head. exactly like that or like i thought i was in a uh like saving private ryan or um no uh one of the michael bay movie where they're in benghazi and they're in a firefight for 16 hours yeah yeah no that's the one. Oh, that's Dude, the one yeah me. yeah that's gonna kill me uh that's whatever. 13 hours or 13 16 hours, hours. Okay. yeah there you go um yeah. but yeah like yeah uh... by the way nice job obama fucking benghazi <laughs> thanks obama never forget that trend yeah thanks obama funny <laughs> dude i funny was go that's how i saw like used to see tits because my mom would check my like history so i just like go on i funny my parents are old as shit they never checked anything i did is probably is just severely damaged my brain but <laughs> yeah like i mean like my parents probably stopped when i was like 11 but i mean 10 year old kid i had a phone very early um so yeah i think for like the first six months of it <laughs> sorry keep bourbon dude it's all right it happens <laughs> <laughs> um yeah how was your uh how was your pledge process so when you were pledging spring or in the fall i was a fall pledge and we Good started man. early. So Good it man. Was August. Um, wow. Yeah. Um, great, horrible. I mean, like all the things that you can expect that I can't talk about because. Yeah, absolutely. I learned a lot about brotherhood and, you know, the spirit of Sigma Chi. So in Hoke, uh, that's all I got to say. <laughs> Dude, I got kicked out of Sigma Chi the other night. Oh, wait. Oh, so you were in the unnamed. Yeah, and then I, I was I was in the unnamed. Uh, I'm in the unnamed fraternity at the unnamed university that I've already named. Um, but my uh, I was coming back from um, one of the bars and oh, kicked I out of the. Okay, I got it. Yeah, kicked out of the house, not kicked yeah. out of the fraternity. And all the houses at uh, all the houses at UT are what you call satellite houses, right? Uh, yeah. They're just, you know, four or five guys living there. That's the frat scene. Um, and I get a text from one of the brothers who I happen to like a lot. And he's like, yo, after, you know, post game at this house, because he's friends with all the Sigma Chi guys. Um, and I'm 
the first one there, I'm a mess. I'm I had drank way too many. Liquor gets to me so fast, and I don't realize it because I'm so pissed off that I had to slip the bounce for ten bucks and then pay twenty dollars to get in, and I'm just drinking as much as possible to get my money's worth. Yeah, and then. <laughs> yeah and then i stumble there and i'm talking to everybody because i they're one of the better fraternities on campus like i want to be boys with all them uh and yeah. then i'm like bullshitting you know typical new england style bullshitting and uh i'm asking one of the pledges you know how's the pledge pledge process how you been and i'm like oh you know give me a bows and toes and i'm laughing after i'm saying it uh and then i'm like nah i'm just joking and so he's like all right all right, all right. and then 20 minutes later one of the brothers comes up to me he's like you know gives me the nod like uh, you uh you know you this guy like this guy giving you telling you to do bows and toes bro i'm like yeah like i was bullshitting with him and he's like i feel like you should leave <laughs> that's a douchey thing to say dude i yeah. i never experienced people like actually like getting kicked out and shit like that at tcu it's literally just been at at Rutgers because you know all my friends there in one i'm not like a fucking member i just you know, I go to their shit and whatever, and it's cool. But like, I don't know. I it's very odd to me. Like, also, who they're deciding who gets in and who doesn't. Because at TCU, it's just like there are twelve fraternities. They're all big. There's good ones and there's bad ones. And kids that aren't in Greek life would never dare show up to any of them unless they had like someone walk them in. You know what I mean? It was one of those. There, so there weren't even like pledges working door or anything. Um, really wow well i mean there's also fraternity houses there you know what i mean yeah and yeah yeah the satellite houses some of them weren't four or five kids they were like 10 kids like wow. it's texas like you know a, a house costs a quarter so like yeah it's definitely like weird and i also like i don't know sometimes i don't get it and i'm like dude this kid like he's a pretty chill kid he's coming in with six girls like why is he not getting in this kid's getting in yeah yeah oh, I, i'll be the first person to say that i deserved it i was way, way too liquored up one of the kids if i had if i had some backup and some uh some vouchers if you will it probably would have uh, been fine but yeah. uh i was i was way too liquored up one of the brothers one of my brothers had left with a girl at that point and i you know i think maybe the man up above god blessing in disguise he was just yeah. like this kid was you like you know, go, yeah go home and i was like all right you're probably right and i apologize <laughs> and they were like you know we accept it but please go home <laughs> <laughs> mind yeah. if i uh take a piss real quick no yeah let's take a little intermission all right we're back quick piss break so Bobby, you got a couple of Monica Lazinskis in there? I got some Monica. What's the other one that he says? He says one that fucking kills me. Like, one of them is, like, makes me laugh out loud. I, I have to find this now. Sidney uh, Crosby? Sidney Crosby, that's it. Sidney <laughs> Crosby's in. Yeah. I, uh, I commented, day, right? Yeah. yeah it, Tampa Bay just opened up their home opener. They hit the over. I don't know if they won yet. Um, I saw, I commented a funny one. I thought it was funny. Uh, Zinception, like with Leonardo <laughs> DiCaprio. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. Zinception. Are you dreaming, Chetty? That, by the way, I will say for what, for what it's worth, if you can 
get a hundred thousand followers on TikTok for like talking about alien grippuccino bong riffs or whatever the fuck. That's yeah. hysterical. I will take credit for helping. I helped him a little bit on Instagram, and he said this on podcast interviews. Uh, I played hockey in you know high school and then growing up. So when I first found that, I was laughing my ass off. Um, and I found it with like 500. And uh, basically, this kid in my fraternity at TCU from Minnesota, all his friends played um, like junior puck. And they were sending my way saying like, you got to put this on TFF. This kid's hilarious. And they had submitted some shit. I thought it was funny as fuck. I put it on. And they grew, they grew fast, man. Like they got to like 5k and like, I want to say like a two week period. Um, but yeah, th- those guys are nice. I, uh, <laughs> there's something, man. Yeah, there's definitely something. I went to the, uh, the beer die tournament that they had with dies life. I don't know if you, have you ever vibed with the dies life guys? I'm actually pretty, uh, close with them they're, they're cool as fuck i might be uh flying out to one of their events i haven't decided which one i'm gonna go to yet though i went to so you met tanner i know tanner did you meet jack too is he, he was i think he was the guy uh doing the video for them uh like uh, recording and doing the instagram and stuff like that but i met tanner i bought he sold me like i don't know 60 bucks worth of shit or 70 bucks worth of shit for um i don't know uh, 30 bucks, something like that. 35 yeah, bucks. So yeah, he's cool, bro. He's a cool guy. Dude, he's um, a great guy to work with too. Everyone I've never met a single person also. Uh, cause I've had, he goes everywhere and like, um, you know, he, my friends at TCU saw him, my friends at U Miami, they have seen him and shit. Everyone always speaks so highly of him. He's a great guy to do business with. I've indulged in some business with him before. That company, I think, as Die continues to grow, they will continue to grow. Great concept. A huge fan. Such a great concept, and I love it. And same thing with uh, our boys over at Freezer Tarps. So yeah, funny, so very silly. Yeah, love yeah. the tarps off. There's a very silly video of me um, at the second or the third, I should say, McGregor fight this July I was up at UNH. I was doing like 30 second keg stands and I took my shirt off and I tossed it in the freezer and I was incredibly blacked out and it was, it works. I will say it works. Yeah. Definitely works. Did you get it on? No, (laughs) I don't think think, I've said, I haven't said a bunch of shit, but I've been like blacked out and saying bullshit or DMing with them. But uh, I did, he did me a solid, all my, my buddies introduced me to that account back home. And um, I, I, uh, I had never seen it. And then, what was it? I sent a video of him at the Dyes Life Tournament in Tampa. He was like, Oh, uh, Urminator of the day is orbit. You know, these cubes are in orbit right now, like Pluto. <laughs> Some bull. So funny. I he love beer, by the, the way. He's, He's quick. quick. Dude, it's like you can't teach that stuff, man. I swear that there has to be some divine. Obviously, 
you're Christian. You're from a Christian fraternity. Like there has to be some divine intervention going on. I, where... I'm not really religious, bro. <laughs> but yeah, no, I feel you. There's got to be just God just like gives them that talent or something like that. Like Bo Jackson. Yeah, some some people are just fucking quick off the dome. Like, and it, it, it's crazy because those same people, like if they overthink, it doesn't really work as well. Hmm. I'm going to find that sometimes. It's weird. Yeah. I definitely think we could all, all of us as a human race or as people, even as young men, we could all do better without a little less overthinking. Speaking of that, how has your mental health been? I loved your blog about the mental health. That was the, uh, that was one of my, I think the first blogs I read was it it was on the story and I, I read it and it was really like, it was, it was great. Thanks, man. Yeah, I uh, actually love getting asked about it because uh, I always say that I fucking hate that every celebrity tries to be like an activist now or that everyone has to use their platform responsibly because if you dilute yourself to too many causes that don't even fucking relate to you and you can't speak for it, it's kind of in like not genuine. And uh, it's the only thing you know, that really matters to me. And I've genuinely had people reach out saying that months down the road saying like, Hey man, I just want you to know, I think, you know, you could have potentially like been part of the reason that I'm still here today. I was going through a really rough time when I read that I needed that. And, um, you know, it means a lot to me because I've been there. I'm still there sometimes. And it's, it's definitely good. Uh, blogging's a, therapeutic thing for me and uh you know the more people i can help the better uh by just making them feel like they're not another fucking guidance counselor poster or like they're not another cliche that there's some guy that can also you know put down four pbrs and you know have a zen with you on a fucking tuesday at 11 30 and uh you know really talk about it and it, it really is important because, you know, I, I think I've also, like, not sucked my own dick here. I'm just saying, like, helped sort of my own friends develop that discussion. My more, like, toxically masculine friends be able to be like, dude, that was cool that you did that. And, like, we can start talking about this shit now. And it's cool. Like, you know, there's it, it's just an uncomfortable thing to broach. And if I could help uh you know at call call of duty you know like open that fucking door press x on that fucking door then i'd love to do that for as many people as i can because people need it man absolutely and i'm you know obviously as a guy really stoked that you do that and it's funny you bring up toxic masculinity so where's the line to where it's you know just guys being dudes versus where does the line get drawn at toxic masculinity for you uh I don't know. That's like a Jordan Peterson type question. Um, I don't really have like the right answer for that. There might not be one. There might not be one. I don't think, I don't think there is one. And I think it just has to do with like who you're around and, you know, the environment. Like I, I had a friend recently to me, tell me something 
was very serious, but I've known him. He's been my best friend for, you know, north of 10 years at least. So, you know, I kind of know like the way to broach it, you know, like is to like just hang out, make a few jokes. And then like later in the night after, you know, we had a few more be like, seriously, man, are you okay? Um, and there's some people you have to do that with. And some people, you know, it's going to be like, you ask them and they're going to be like, well, like she broke up with me and I've been like overcompensating to it. Some people are more open than others. Um, so I think it just depends on the, the person that you're hanging out with or the, the group of people. Do you think hazing is toxic masculinity? Uh, yeah, no. Um, I will say like my, uh, my, the point that I always make about when people say like, oh, we should shut down Greek life is like, uh, I remember like one of the first parties I went to at Rutgers before I was even a student was on like their club ice hockey team and like what they were doing to their pledges was shit we like you might only see at like Bama or Ole Miss like shit we wouldn't even do at TCU and like there's no accountability system in club hockey there's no IFC in club hockey like if you disband that system groups of men are going to make another group they have like throughout time it's happened at Ivy Leagues they have eating clubs at uh West <laughs> my favorite barstool video of all time is uh Virginia Tech, they like banned this fraternity. So they started like a moped club. And like, you know, they just like, there's no rules at that point. So I also think like hazing brings people together because if you have a common goal and some adversity uh, with people that you don't know that might be from other states, it actually does build a fucking bond. All my friend, like best friends in the entire world, you know, grew up with either tough lives or I saw them go through things growing up. And even my friends at TCU from, you know, pledge tasks and stuff, like you go through certain things together and you get closer. Like that's just kind of the way guys are. Like as a man, you tend to trust and, and build a relationship with other men that you've been through something with kind of. Absolutely. And, um, I think that so for me at least and I, I'm sure you know it's this is a pretty universal experience some of the people like I fuck with the most now were the people that gave me the hardest time as a pledge and um, you know because like background I'm a you know for you Bobby I'm from a small town there's one stoplight in my whole town my parents are older uh, very conservative like uh, and I was you know, I kind of sheltered, I guess you could say to be brutally honest. And then so I come and I, I meet all these kids from a lot of Northeasterners here, a lot of Jersey, New York, all that stuff. And so, you know, you got to just fit in with them. And it, it the people that gave me the hardest time are the people I'm the closest with right now. And I'm still texting and still being like, hey, like, you know, how do you, you know, operate like this? And I think they develop it for through that and just taking every self-help book I could find developed like a very a much better person than I was a year ago as a pledge absolutely man and the, you know the kids that to a point 
obviously. Yeah, um, nothing like no OD stuff. Like yeah, exactly. Nothing like crazy over like exaggerated ham stuff. Just I the the nonsense. Um, it's a lot of nonsense. Exactly. It's just a lot of fucking. You know, you got to think about what a fraternity is. It usually is kids that come from homes where they can afford dues at least um and uh you know whipping kids that just came from their senior year of high school top of the world everyone else can suck my dick i'm so cool and introducing them to adulthood and that process needs to happen and if it doesn't if it doesn't you end up with things that are fucking i mean like you know teak teak (laughs) <laughs> somewhat i guess um like you know like you hear shit that and you even see it like on from like top athletes at campuses they whenever they get drunk sometimes they think they can just do whatever the fuck they want so there needs to be a humbling process for i think every young man um before they go out of the real world Definitely. It's tough love, bro. I think, and the the world needs more of it. It's one of those old fashioned values that I feel has been fading away um, through, you know, these past 10, 15, 20 years. And there needs to be more of it. And it needs to, it can't be hated as much as it is. Now, obviously, you know, you read the horror stories um, and I've talked to my mom about this. You read the horror stories of the kids at, you know, Cornell or Penn State where they're made to drink an absurd amount of alcohol and take Xanax and stuff like that. And then nobody helps them when they fall down the stairs and split their head open and stuff like that and made to walk home on their own. Um, yeah. That stuff is that's not OK or right. And they, you know, obviously yeah. those groups should be punished. But as far as for me, it's and I'm sure for the majority of young men and women out there probably not women but young men out there it's been a very positive and motivational and bettering experience because i knew i was because i bet honestly i bet i told you i bet um 90 percent of the kids that i pledged with or you know that were brothers they thought i was like a dork because i'm from yeah. the small ass town yeah yeah and it, it's cool also like i, I remember uh, some of the guys that would give me some of the hardest shit um you know, they were also like pretty nice. So we'd be able to go over there and smoke their weed for free. Um, Cause obviously you can't take bond rips when you're living on campus, uh, at least at some schools um, without, you know, having all these devices and getting the timing right, whatever. Um, but I remember, you know, when I it first... from your mom and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> no, I meant, I meant like on, on the, you know, in the dorm. Uh, um, oh, you didn't, you didn't have to hide it from your mom in the dorm room? my mom in the dorm room. <laughs> oh, uh, okay jesus I, I had no idea um but yeah i remember i was like i just first really started struggling with mental health and i took a bomb rip and had like probably i would say like the worst panic attack i've ever had in my entire life and those guys were so fucking supportive and they didn't really have to be um you know and then after that like yeah, they still busted my balls or whatever, but like you kind of got the feeling, oh, this is just tough love. This is just like people that really just want to mold you into a better person and to a less, you know, dorky or cocky piece of shit. 
Exactly. And uh, they just want you to be the, the inner stud that they know you are because they gave yeah. you the bid. Um, <laughs> confident, um, confident young man. Or exactly. And because um, uh, th this is one pledge story I will tell you is um, so I, uh, you know, there was there's apartments pretty close to campus. And this one brother who I love to death now, he's you know, a great guy, two years older than me. So he would call me every Saturday morning to do his laundry. And then sometimes at night and, you know, you get 15 meal swipes a week as a freshman, they reset on Fridays. So like a Wednesday, he'd hit me up and be like, yo, let me get three meal swipes. Chick-fil-A is on campus. Let me get three Chick-fil-A sandwiches. So I'd go over there and I was having the worst panic attack I had ever had. And like, I I was bad at mental health for like, maybe like, I'm much better now. I'm not like worried or anything. But at that point, I didn't know how to deal with anything. So I was like freaking out and stuff. And uh, he's like, all right, just make a priority list and give it to me. Let me see what you have, you know, what you're so stressed out about. And the number one thing on my list was uh, catch one of the lizards and make it our uh, pledge class pet, the little lizards that run around in Florida. <laughs> he's like, dude, are you fucking kidding me? This is the number one thing you're worried about. And that's when it all shifted. And I was like, dude, he's right. And that's the exact same thing that happens with homework assignments. When I'm trying to look two weeks ahead, when I should be like, okay, I have a test Friday. So I'm going to start studying Monday and I'm going to go over this, that, and the other thing that I'm going to record with my guy, Bobby. And then I'm going to study hard tomorrow. It's that, it's that stuff. Yeah. And that it fucking, it's truly like does help you. Like, I don't really give a shit what anyone says. Like, but at 99% of schools, it's just people trying to help you become a better man. Um, you know, there, it just sucks that there's people that take advantage of it, use it irresponsibility, kill kids or get them alcohol poisoning. Like that's not what it was meant to be about at the beginning. It's not what it should ever be about. Never, never, ever, never. And it's hard to say where it goes wrong. It's just, I think it's integrity is a lot of it. Yeah, probably. It's a good word for it, I would say. Mm. All right. Where, Bobby, where are you taking the pirate ship that is total frat move? Where's the next, what's the next home base? <laughs> you know, where's the pirate ship headed? Um. Most people that work for the company are from the Northeast, but the headquarters is out of Nashville. So we usually go there once every couple of months or so. Um, you know, I, I can't really answer that question, uh, but, you know, the moon, maybe. It's the, the moon, moon. The, uh, popular answer there. So I'll say Mars, I guess. We're trying to go beyond that. <laughs> so that's all i got do you like nashville because I, I feel like nashville the uh the u-haul index is a statistic where uh they measure where people are moving out of and going into and number one on the u-haul index was moving into was nashville yeah uh i would never want to live there i it's uh it's like new orleans right um have you ever been to new orleans no i have not it's great for three or four days. 
And then after that, you look around and you're like, do I really want to raise my kid in a city known for sorority girls' 21st birthdays? I don't fucking think so. So <laughs> it's, it's great. Uh, I like traveling there for work a lot. Would I ever live there? Hopefully not. If I had to and I had like a substantial raise for it, probably would. But yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a fun city. Definitely, definitely. Would you ever come to Tampa? I would. Uh, I've been. I've not been to U Tampa, but I've been to Tampa. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I guess I just have to see where things roll. I was supposed to take a friend to formal there last year that got canceled because of COVID. Um, but yeah, it, it seems like a fun school. I, I've liked you know, mostly everyone I've talked to from there. All right, Bobby, this has been such a fantastic interview. It's been such a pleasure having you on. Definitely one of the smartest, funniest guys, great writer and, ex you know, exemplary person. Thank you so much for coming on, bro. It's been a pleasure, man. Thank you for having me. All right. Thank you guys for listening, and I'll see you guys later. Peace. Peace. Woo! I'm on my way to an island, and I'm popping shit at the palace. Niggas be broke and be solving, but still talking shit like they violent. They say that they honest, how money these niggas gon' say that they got it. Get out with the kid, it's success, and these niggas gon' blame it on talent. They don't wanna see you win. They don't wanna see the race. You don't wanna see a bitch caught up in the stars like she had a